Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I am amazed by this guy. His name is Charles Rosanay, and he's written an incredible book called The Book of Top Ten Horror List. He has some amazing tours that we're going to be talking about. He has a Dracula tour. He has a Beatles tour, and he also has a paranormal tour and other tours. How are you, Charles, tonight? I'm great. I was been looking forward to speaking with you, so it's, it's very exciting. Yes, it's exciting for me. One thing I want to get started on is that you've done more than I can imagine. You were a promoter of so many things, and you've met such amazing people, but the tours that you give are outrageously incredible, I think. I think so, too. It all it really started uh, in late 70s. I was producing conventions, fan conventions, and then in the early 80s started um, in the music field, started doing Beatle tours to Liverpool. And I thought, you know, what else do I, what else do I love that I would want to do? And it was just obvious, Transylvania. I mean, this is a place that's as magical as, um, as Liverpool is for the music world. Transylvania is for the horror field. And I thought, well, wait, are there, is there really a Dracula's castle? Can we, can we go to the places that, you know, was where Vlad was born, where he was buried, all this. We want to mesh history and uh, the, the, the reality with the legend, with the fiction. And we, um, did a lot of research, found a company that would handle like the busing and all the, the logistics while we're in the country. We kind of um, combined forces with them and Dracula tour was born. Now we knew that there were some of these type of one day trips, two day trips, maybe mm-hmm. even three day trips that were kind of senior citizen oriented yeah. where people would go to Romania anyway. 
Right. And then they maybe spend, you know, an hour looking at castles or, or, or you know, trying to find Shigeshara where Vlad's legend began and all that. Um, we took it from a totally different angle. We took it from a fan's point of view where, yeah, we do sightseeing all day, no doubt. We go to every possible place. But then at night, we party. We do, we go to the castles. We have a Halloween, you know, shindig. We do um, barbecues. We do everything so that in day and night, and it appeals to single people, married people, families, groups. Mm-hmm. It just exploded in, in 1998. First tour um, just grew and grew and grew to the point that people came with us on these Dracula tours to Transylvania. And Charles, we had a great time. Where else can we go? <laughs> and so that kind of begat the uh, ghosttour.com. Um, and it's really, uh, we do a G H O S T O U R with, with one T. And we've gone to, it's like uh, every possible haunted attraction across across the, the universe. We go to, we've done England, we've done Scotland, we did Ireland, we did Prague, mm-hmm. we did East Germany, Hungary, uh, Israel, Cuba, all these places that mm-hmm. people, you know, would have liked, probably liked to have gone on their own to do normal sightseeing, but probably would not have. So what I give them is not just the opportunity to see all the places they would go to if they went to Prague anyway, but also do all the haunted locations, all the mm-hmm. ghost places, all the scary stuff. And it's been just such a great, you know, great adventure. And it, it just continues. We continue just this past, you know, during COVID, we didn't want to go overseas. Mm-hmm. So we did a New Orleans ghost tour. Mm-hmm. And next year we've got a San Francisco ghost tour. And the great thing is, New people come all the time, but there's already a core, an A-list of, you know, 10, 20 people who go no matter what tours we do because they know each other and they have a great time. So when people come, they become part of our, you know, para family, our haunted family Mm -hmm. and come on the new tours we do. Wow. With all these tours, have you yourself had any paranormal experiences? So people on the group have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm part of a team. I'm part of a paranormal team uh, called the Shaman and the Showman. Uh-huh. And my partner, Nick Roseman, is the real deal. I mean, you know, he walks into a house, he'll tell you where there was a death. I mean, he mm-hmm. knows, he, he senses, sure. he's an empath, he's an exorcist, he's got, you know, the powers to do all that. As do people who, you know, are, are mediums and, you know, mm-hmm. people who are more astute than others. I don't have that. and I don't really know if I want to develop that, but I do know that when the two of us go out, I take the pictures and I get remarkable, remarkable results. Um, we did a investigation at an old um, abandoned opera house, which had been closed many years and we got the, the permission to go in and in Connecticut, as it turned out. And he said, this, this place is so alive. It's ridiculous. And I'm looking around thinking, yeah, it's ridiculous. There's nothing here. And I take pictures of door of a doorway and there's a whole black figure in it. I take pictures of just the stage area and there's two uh, entities that look like Nosferatu's walking by. And so um, in, in my case, I don't have that um, that power, and I don't have that talent, and I don't have that energy where I pick up on that. But I am able to ca- take amazing pictures that capture things. Um, and on some of the tours, 
we have had just unbelievable experiences. And there's one that comes to mind, because I don't consider the Dracula tour um, a really a haunted ghost tour. I consider mm-hmm. it more of a, a sightseeing event. You know, we go, we go like I mentioned, to where Vlad was um, born in Sigasora. We go mm-hmm. to Snagov Monastery, where his bones were buried. We go to Paneri Castle, where he lived, and it's now, the fortress is now ruins, and, you know, his wife was either thrown or jumped off there. And, uh, and of course, we follow in the footsteps of Jonathan Harker from Bram Stoker's Dracula. And and so it's really the best of both worlds, because if you love Dracula, you're getting all the fiction, all the stuff that's related to to Dracula. If you love history and you love Vlad Tepish and you want to hear about Vlad the Impaler, you get that too. Um, But we went on, on, uh, I can't remember what year it was, probably early 2000s, um, mid 2000s. And I was still hosting the tour at the time. And we're really proud of it because all the ghost tours, I not only organize, but I host mm-hmm. on the Dracula tours because we have it in October and it's Halloween season. I can no longer host it, but I do have uh, a guide who takes everybody. But while I was still going, it was the first night of arriving in Bucharest. And we stayed at a place that had been a prison. Ew. It had been a convent, mm-hmm. and it had been a psychiatric ward. It's the best of all those worlds. That's crazy. <laughs> and it was turned into a waterside um, high-end resort. And we never stay at high-end resorts. We stay, stay at spooky old places. We stay in castles. Mm-hmm. But it had just opened, and the the company that I work with said, would you like to you know, give them a real luxurious first night? I said, absolutely. You know, the rest of the nights were spooky. The, the things are different. Like, give them the first night, you know, let's give them a taste of elegance in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go there, we check in before our orientation. Uh, we have an orientation welcome dinner. The only thing we're told is if we go to the basement, go as a group, be careful. Mm-hmm. It's, it might be locked. It may not be locked. But if we're walking around the grounds, it's perfect. Don't fall into, you know, the water. Just, you know, enjoy yourself. The, the whole, everything is yours. You have access to everything. Um, and, of course, we as a group, right before dinner, went to the basement. And we looked around, and it's spooky because it's very, like, old. Uh, it, it's the only part of the hotel that wasn't refurbished. It's, it's a basement. It's really like uh, tunnels. That's the best way I could describe it. And there was, uh, through there, throughout there, there was all these locked doors, try to you know, go see what's in these locked doors and nothing was in any of them. All right, so we go to dinner and we're all there as a group except for one couple who obviously must have been jet lagged because mm-hmm. they slept and they didn't come to the to our walk around and they didn't come to the dinner. And we have a great dinner. We tell stories. We do introductions. You know, I like going around the room and saying, what's your favorite horror movie? Um, what's your favorite paranormal experience? And this way, it's an icebreaker. Everyone learns a little about the other people who are on the tour. And we probably go to sleep, I don't know, 11, maybe midnight. And the next day, we're ready to check out early and hit the road and do our first bit of sightseeing. And there's that couple. And, and we go, oh, you guys... You slept through, you know, dinner. You slept through everything. They go, well, we kind of got up, you know, 11.30, midnight. We were able to get a snack from the hotel, and, you know, we went to the basement and the sub-basement. And and there's silence. And we're saying, you went to the basement, the tunnels. Yeah, yeah. And then we went, you know, one of the doors was open, so we went to the sub-basement. 
Now, the guy behind the counter who checks in all the people, his, his face turns white, his eyes, you know, open wide, his ears perk up. And they go, well, it was very weird because we went to the sub-basement and it was so dark. I mean, it was so dark. It smelled really bad. And we tried to go from one end to the other with our, you know, with our um, telephone flashlight mm-hmm. on. And, you know, halfway there, we saw the guard and we realized, you know, that we really didn't belong there. Um, so instead of turning around, you know, we just kept going. Um, and when we turned around, you know, he wasn't chasing us or telling us to get out or he wasn't even there. Come to think of it, they go, he wasn't even there. Uh- so, um so uh, we just, you know, finished our, you know, our exploring, went up to the basement and then went up to the well, and that was pretty much it. We walked around the grounds and the guy at the front desk is just like, like he's shaking. And he said, <laughs> was, was he wearing a very old uniform? And they said, yeah, in fact, it looked like a pre-civil, it looked like Bohemian uh, uh, war outfit. Come to think of it, it was pretty ragged. You know, I don't know why your security <laughs> guard would you. Well, long story short, yeah, of course, it was haunted. It was haunted by somebody who was either a guard for the sanitarium, someone who was hidden mm-hmm. below the prison. We don't know the history, and that front uh, front desk man would not tell us. But he was like, he didn't know how on earth the sub-basement was open, and he didn't know how they got there, but they That's sure enough crazy. saw the ghost that, that, that <laughs> dwelled in this place. And it's one of the greatest stories because we never expected something. We expected something to happen at Borley Rectory in, right. in, in London, in England, <laughs> on, on the ghost tours, you know, when we go to the abbeys, when we go to the ruins. We expect something to happen there. And I always tell people, you know, you can't expect it. You can't mm. force it. If if you're a, a spirit and you want to come out and communicate with someone, you're going to wait till three in the morning till that person's alone, and you're going to mm-hmm. try to make some kind of. You're not going to see a group of forty rabid ghost fans <laughs> and really come out and be part of that. Having said that, there was this one inn in uh, York, England, and mm-hmm. um, that part of the tour we we had hosted by Richard Felix who was um, one of the uh, presenters on the BBC's Most Haunted show. And Mm -hmm. uh, very dignified, very British, very an expert on everything haunted. And I remember uh, we went to this inn to eat, and we went because it was a haunted inn. And, uh, okay, so we ate dinner, and we pretty much left. Before we left, I needed to go to the bathroom. I didn't know where the bathroom was, and I walked up this set of stairs, Mm -hmm. and I felt like a pound of bricks hit me on the head. I felt uh, queasy, uncomfortable. I went down and I realized the bathroom wasn't up there. And I told him the story and he just smiled. He smiled. He said, sure enough, you got what everyone gets. It's that's the That's the part of the inn that's haunted. Had the group mm-hmm. gone up there, nada. But if people accidentally go up there, they get that feeling. So I guess I guess I did have experience, but didn't think of it at the time right you know what i mean by yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yes it happens when you least expect it right a hundred percent right and sometimes yeah. you got to think about it like did that really really <laughs> so you have all these amazing tours mm. and you also have a place called fright haven 
Yeah. So like I said, you know, I stopped going on the tours and hosting them and I had another host do it. Once I opened the haunted attraction, I felt that, um, there's a, um, every state has their great haunted haunted houses and haunted attractions, right. but Connecticut didn't have a world class indoor haunted attraction. Hmm. And I go to these places, and I know what scares me and what doesn't. I know that if you have somebody just sitting there creepy, oh, that's cool. But if they're the distraction, and then someone pops out from behind you, I just knew what worked and what scared. And so we had an. I just recently sold it. I sold it before COVID, but we had an award-winning um, haunted haunted attraction, and it all timed out well because I knew my book would be coming out, and that I really, really needed Halloween to promote it and to do conventions and mm-hmm. to do book signings and all of the above. And I felt that if I was still doing the haunted house, I had to be there. Uh, unlike some of the tours, which I've got the greatest people who run it, I felt that if I wasn't welcoming people in, they were getting shortchanged. Right. And when I walk in, when, when people come into the haunted house, I was the first one they would meet. I would greet them, mm-hmm. give them a little shtick. I'd, I'd make them laugh a little, put them in a sense of false secu- <laughs> security, <laughs> and then nice open the doors, and then it was forget it. Then they'd be horrified and terrified. And I loved doing that because it was also a way to know p- regulars. And I'd see people from time to time, and, hey, great to see you again. Weren't you here for the Christmas one? So we would open for Halloween. We'd open for Christmas, Valentine's. We do the St. Patty's sleigh. We do um, Rotten Tails Revenge for Easter. We would do our summer version of it because we were indoors. We were able to go all year round with not all year round, but on you know select weekends with with other themed scares. But before COVID, I mean, when COVID started, I said, you know what? I'm not going to open. I'm not going to take a chance. There was a company out of Kentucky who had uh, a bunch of haunted attractions already in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to open no matter what. And, you know, it made sense because if you know a haunted attraction, you know that people don't all walk in, uh, you know, just really, you know, you're letting in groups of two, groups of three, groups of six, whatever, and you're separating them anyway for the best possible scares, for the best experience. So in a way, it was kind of COVID social distancing already. Well, they already also put in, they also put in sanitation stations. They put in different kind of lighting. They did a lot of things to make it safer and invested that I probably wouldn't have. So we sold to them. I still worked for them one season. And then uh, this season, it was the second year that I didn't no longer had it. Um, They took it over a hundred percent. I worked there twice one night I came in to do a book signing, but it really freed me up to, you know, publicize the, the, the you know, the book of uh, top 10 horror lists. And what it is, is I got a publisher. It was published by Bear Manor Media. But even though you have a publisher in this day and age, if you want to work a book, I mean, if, whether you're the biggest star on the planet or you're self-publishing, mm-hmm. you got to work it. you got to go right. and do book signings. You have to go to libraries. You have to go to conventions. Otherwise, maybe somebody stumbles upon it and buys it on Amazon, maybe. But if you're out there doing what we're doing right now, if I'm talking about it and people are getting excited about it and hearing about it, mm-hmm. or, or they go to a convention like DeadCon in Fort Wayne, Indiana, <laughs> and I say, hey, can I tell you about my book? And, and I get to tell them I've worked on this you know, for 12 years and blah, blah, blah. All these celebrities gave me their top 10 horror themes. So I couldn't do both. I couldn't 
work at the haunted attraction full time and also do the book and everything else. So, you know, I always, I always pride myself on the fact that I can do these Beatle tours and conventions mm-hmm. and book bands and DJ on weekends and do all this higher stuff and juggle every possible thing. <laughs> and I realized when the book came out that I could not, that was the one thing that right. put it over the edge where I couldn't do all the things I would normally do at once. Well, I love the book. Um, I Thank actually, you. I did meet you at DeadCon. I was with my yeah. brother. We're big horror right. fans ourselves. And um, I stole it from him <clears throat> and I couldn't put it down. Um, it's so much fun. It's fun. You're it's, right. It's you, don't, fun. you don't associate a horror book with fun. But oh, when you understand what it is, right? Yeah. I had a blast. Like Ed, Ed Asner is in here. Um, oh, my gosh. Boom Boom is in here. Freddie Boom Boom. I was so yeah. excited. <laughs> I was like, this well, is fun. It's funny because I'll, I'll read off the back for our listeners. I put, I put um, who doesn't love a top 10 list? They're short. They're fun. And we always want to see if our choices match. In this book, 100 celebrities reveal their top 10 favorite monster movies and horror themes. You won't believe the actors, singers, musicians, horror <laughs> figures, authors, uh, disco divas, screen queens, blah, blah, blah. Will your horror film show up on any of their lists? And then I go, inside you'll find a list from a Beatle, a McCartney, a Lennon sister, a Karloff from William Shatner, from one of the monkeys, from a monster, right? Right. From screen, screen, screen queens, from stars of movies, TV, radio, print, from five rock and roll Hall of Famers, from a baseball Hall of Famer, and so many other pop culture icons. And uh, I'm just so proud of it because, yeah, I know a lot of celebrities, and I'm fortunate to have met you know a lot of really cool people in the entertainment business just being mm-hmm. in that business for so many years. But the that's only half of it. The other half, I had to like you know I had to do detective work. I had to find emails. I had to find managers yeah. and promotion people, <laughs> and and invite them to be part of it. And some jumped all over it. You know, it was like if they loved horror, they loved monsters, they loved anything like that. They were right there. You know, Fred Schneider of the B fifty two is the lead singer. I love him. He gives me a list on uh, the ten jaw droppingly um, <laughs> worst lines in horror movies. Yes. Um, Jack Ketchum, the famous uh, horror writer who since passed, did, you know, the 10 uh, sexiest, scariest scenes in movies. And I, that's what was great about it. I gave people the leeway. John Lennon's sister, uh, who doesn't love horror, who didn't know enough monster movies and said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but leave it with me. I'll come up with something. <laughs> She's gave us the biggest chapter in the book. She the most, did. The most intellectual it was like a college thesis yes. on the horror aspects of shakespeare's work i'm like whoa yeah you're right she's got Macbeth, it could have been its own book it's so good <laughs> she's amazing woman yeah she had the pit and the pendulum that always scared me even as a kid yes of course dracula and animal farm yeah lord of the flies which is terrifying if you think about it, it yeah she's amazing Absolutely. I loved when people thought out of the box and came up with films. And this has since kind of brought out a little discussion. You know, on the cover of the book, I've got 
Boris Karloff, Frankenstein's Monster, mm-hmm. Dracula, Bela Lugosi, Wolfman. You know, but the, on the cover is also King Kong. And the discussion mm-hmm. at a lot of my library um, readings, I do you know an author reading, and then we sign books, uh, I sign books, and then we discuss this question and answers. And it's always, well, was King Kong really a monster movie? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In its day, it scared the heck out of people. And then I'll bring up Jaws, because Jaws mm-hmm. is very similar in that, is it a monster? Is it a creature? No, I mean, a giant gorilla and, and, a, and a, you know, an evil shark, they're both killers. If, if prompted, you know, King Kong certainly isn't. You know, he's made to be the way he is. Uh, Jaws probably not the same. But I think any movie that scares you, fits the bill whether right. it's whether it's the one the only movie that ever gave me nightmares was something called wait until dark with audrey hepburn oh. and and you wouldn't call that you know it's a home invasion movie you wouldn't call that a horror movie i guess king kong is a monster movie not a horror movie um mm-hmm. anything that scares you is suspenseful is a thriller you know for a little kid it might be jurassic park yeah. and i wouldn't consider that a horror movie but people might right. um but some of the ones that i love are the ones that have a different level of maybe not scares, but shocks and um, sixth sense falls mm, into that category. That and, and the others with Nicole Kidman yeah. also fill, yep. fits that bill of movies that I love that would be in my top 10, but aren't your typical, well, certainly not slasher horror or monster right. movies. Yeah. yeah. The others yeah. is genius. I thought brilliant. Oh my God. I, love I mean, movie. When I figured that out, I was like, whoa, that's interesting. Right. When you figure it out. And you don't even say that because you don't want, you know, that people to realize that there's that M. Shaman, whatever his name is, who does those kind of switch mm-hmm. endings or those little trick uh, things that to twist. But yeah, I mean, I think hopefully all our listeners have, heard, have seen The Sixth Sense anyway and know yeah. that there's a twist in it. Uh, and it's kind of now that you know that you see it coming, but when it came out in the theater and you did not know it, it was like, <gasps> I oh know. my God. <laughs> right? I think my heart dropped yes. when I realized, I was like, wait a minute, this is not, oh no. <laughs> Yo, right, right, right. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. genius. <laughs> I, I put others right up there with that. Yeah. Yeah. That really had an effect on me and the others. Yeah. Yes. It was amazing. Yes. A huge effect, especially Agreed. when she saw her husband. Oh my god! And the How way strong. I was like, "What? Whoa! Something's not quite right going on," you know. And then you begin to realize, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very strong movie. Uh, you know, and we're talking about my, you know, my book and all the people who you know c- contributed to it. And you and I are talking about, you know, what what maybe constitutes horror movies or what, what doesn't. Um, what's really neat is we all have our own. We all have our own loves and we're all our favorite movies. And yeah. what I like doing is looking in the book and seeing, okay, um, I love the movie Motel Hell. Not a lot of people might have heard of it. Is it in here by anybody else? And then you go in there and you see, whoa, uh, Tiffany Sheppis, one of the great scream queens, she picked it. Yes. Dean Friedman, you know, a rock and roll singer. Ian Lloyd, who sang Louie, 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 Louie. Yep. He picked it. It's great to see the other people who picked, 
your film. And I mentioned that because it's a little more obscure. You know, you go to Night of the Living Dead and, mm -hmm. and, you know, 20 people pick it. Of you go to Psycho and 50 people pick it. You go to The Exorcist, uh, maybe 80 of the 100, you know, everyone picks it. <laughs> but it's cool to see, you know, who picks the ones that you uh, may or may not have chosen to be on the, on your own personal list. And that makes it really, I think it makes it uh, even more special. It's a, it's a aspect of the book that brings the book, you know, to an even higher level. Yeah. Well, that's what's, it's just, like I said, it's just amazingly fun. I've recommended it to several people. It's like, you want a fun book? You got to get yeah. this. You got to get it. It's the book of top 10 horror lists. I think it's awesome. So what is your dream interview? My dream interviews are all gone. I mean, I would have loved to have done Christopher Lee, Peter oh. Cushing, uh, John Carradine, Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney, Senior Lon Chaney. Yeah. They're all gone. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. only ones who might, who might still be in that level of, uh, you know, godlike, <laughs> it might be Anthony Hopkins, maybe, um, you know, uh, he's the next, the next rung. If I was, you know, doing maybe a, a, um, somebody behind the lens, uh, perhaps a Rob Zombie, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that kind of somebody who's creating as opposed, you know, as opposed to acting. Right. But yeah, my dream would have been uh, to do any any of those, you know, people who were, who, were, who were my heroes and my legends. You know, I grew up on the Universal Monsters. And then yeah. as I got older, you know, you, you, you fall in love with the Freddies and the Chuckies and the Jasons and the Michael Myers. But <laughs> before them, you know, before the Duran Duran and before Elton, there was the Beatles. Before You know, there's always right. that level of who, who we love. And it's kind of, you know, uh, if you're of a certain age or if you're, really tuned into pop culture, you'll get it. You'll understand that. Um, the one that I really wanted in the book was Sarah Karloff because she was Boris Karloff's daughter. Mm -hmm. And and I approached her. We knew, kind of knew each other and, you know, we've been friends, uh, you know, through uh, meeting at conventions and at events. And I said, yeah, Sarah, I really want your, your, your list in my book. And she goes, Charles, you know, I don't <laughs> like horror movies. I don't <laughs> like monster movies. I don't even like watching my dad's movies. Now, mind you, Great. her dad is King Karloff. He's Boris. He yeah. was Frankenstein's monster. And she goes, all right, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to give you something. Well, she came up, and this was, uh, God bless her, it was funny. She came up with the list of 10 things that scare her. <laughs> and, number, and number 10 was having to do the list for your book. <laughs> <laughs> How smart is that? <laughs> she sounds amazing. Like you've amazing. just met really delightful people, haven't you? Yeah, I'm so blessed. You know, uh, having having you know. Well, in 2010, um, I had producing Beatles conventions, Monkey conventions. You know, I do I do the the Connecticut's only paranormal. I'm sorry, not only the first ever paranormal conventions in Connecticut. Really? Awesome. I've been to endless horror conventions, but um, in 2010, I produced something at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. It was called Weekend of a Hundred Rock Stars, Rock Con, and we had you know, all these. Legends, one of the Beach Boys, one of the Supremes, uh, Tommy James, you know, a lot of really mm -hmm. cool people. And being the producer of the show, I mean, I'm the guy who pays them. I'm the guy who brings them in. I'm the guy right. who's in touch with them. You know, I, I, we become friends. We become friends. And that was one of the basis of the book is I thought, you know, if I had 100 rock stars at this event, I got to do a book 
it's got to be 100 celebrities. That's the magic number, the book of 100 top 10 lists, but that's too many words. So it's the book of 100 top 10 lists, but it's 100 celebrities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people people say, all right, well, no problem. we'll get it on Amazon. That's okay. Please, definitely get it on Amazon. But I love personalizing copies. And so many people contact me, and I'm able to sign it. And mm-hmm. I, I love a booklet. It's signed by the author. It makes it I more special for me. And I have a whole collection of those. So if there's any listeners who would want to get it directly from me, they can visit the website. And it lists uh, the phone number. I think it lists the phone number and the email so that we can have it personalized for anyone who wants a copy. And you're right. It makes an amazing holiday gift, Christmas gift, but all year round, it's just fun to read. And the website is www.bookoftop10horrorlists.com. And it's the number 10, not T-E-N, bookoftop10horrorlists.com. And you can reach me there. Uh, if if you're listening to this and you're a famous celebrity, uh, let me know because we're, we're going to work on a volume two before too long. <laughs> Are you really? That, is that your next project? It, it, I'm doing two simultaneously. Uh, and there's a third one after that. I, I haven't written a book all my life. And people would always say, oh, when you're writing your Beatles book, when you're doing uh, your memoirs, <laughs> your book on all the famous celebrities. And it really surprised them that I did this book first, but I loved it. And it's really what I had in my mm-hmm. heart and knew I wanted to do. So when this book came out, I'm constantly writing to celebrities and calling them and emailing them for lists. A bunch came in, but we're too late for the book. So oh. I already had 20 more and I'm thinking, Oh man, okay. Gilbert Gottfried, he gave me a great one. <laughs> this one gave me a great one. Uh, uh, Vincent Price's daughter gave me a great <gasps> one. Ooh. All right. I'm going to have to do a, a second volume. And so it's going to be bride of the book of top 10 horror lists. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably it. a year off or so, uh-huh. but I'm simultaneously working on the book of top 10 Beatle lists. Where I'm hitting up celebrities for their favorite Beatles songs, Beatles themes. And you'll be pleased to know I'm also working on a Connecticut paranormal book. But there's awesome. already those. You know, if someone picks up a they can pick up a book and see, okay, these are the twentieth scariest places to go in Connecticut, let's say. Mm-hmm. But my book will be um people's experiences in these haunted places. I'll tell about the opera house. Someone else will tell about, you know, a place called Mm -hmm. Dudley town. Uh, Another one will talk about, um, the Fairfield Hill set is there. So there's a lot of, that's a book that I I really love the idea of doing because I do a lot of the paranormal investigations and I do a lot of, um, ghost hunts. And I think that's the book I need to have with me so that when people end the event, they have that as the souvenir. You know, now I'm right. using the book of top 10 Harless and everyone's getting it and they love the book. But just like if I'm at a Beatles convention, I should have a Beatles book, horror convention, I should have a horror book when I'm doing the paranormal conventions exactly. and the ghost tours and all that stuff. Yeah, I definitely want a paranormal book under my belt. So after not writing books my whole life, I'm going to do like <laughs> one, a, one a year now. I've got them planned for the next five or six years. Life is always full of surprises, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, who would, talk, who would think that I'd be talking to you tonight? I'm loving it. Hey, I saw you at the <laughs> convention, and I had to stop and talk. You sure did. And you said we would have a nice interview, and you were so right. <laughs> I was so psyched. Well, I was excited. You were just so, you were full of joy, which is always nice. And when I saw I'd the like book. To think, I'd like to think that I have that energy in my personality that, you know, 
it's kind of 3D. I, I'd like to think that it, it shoots out. I wish more people were as positive and as happy and as, you know, productive because it would be such a better, oh my God, it would be such a better world. There's so much negativity <laughs> and so many people are down and depressed and everyone has the moments of that. But I, I, I think that, you know, there's another book ahead. There's another great movie mm-hmm. coming out. There's always something another great podcast or interview to do. There's always that around the corner. Well, you are, you're just a bundle of energy, Charles. Yeah. You're a bundle of energy. So maybe a lot of people just can't keep up with you. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think a lot of it is from learning. You know, there was a lot of scenarios where I had to do those three minute AM radio interviews. Mm -hmm. And I, and how do I fit in all these crazy things I do into three minutes of, of, of blabber and then also give a website and also promote my next event? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing in Connecticut, I'm doing another library appearance a week from tomorrow. And I, I was on a radio station today and he says, all right, Charles, you can have a minute and a half. So please tell us all about your book and, and tell oh. us about your library appearance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. I thought I was like 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 on, on the, the biggest speeding train and, and, I, and I got it in. And it was it wound up four minutes. You know, I forced them to go longer. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like Charles. Uh, I don't know where you get your energy. I want to know what you know coffee you drink. I said, dude, I've never drank coffee in my life. <laughs> he, didn't, really? he didn't believe it. It was so funny. I think you just love what you do, and it comes I, out. I, you know what, I do. And my real. My real job. I mean, all this is great and fun. It doesn't, you know, pay all the bills and feed the family. I'm a DJ. I'm an MC. I'm an entertainer. I do parties and weddings and bar mm-hmm. mitzvahs and school dances and all that fun stuff. And what made me remember that, to tell you, is what you just said. I love what I do. And I tell the people before I book it, you, you, you know, I'm going to have as good a time as you are. And and you're going to have an unbelievably great time. And it's true. I, I When I do those parties, I treat it like it's my own family's party. And I go there and have as good a time as they do. And that's why when you tell me how much you love the book, you have no idea how much that means to me. Because everything I do, I put my heart and soul into it. And for it to get, you know, it's gotten great reviews on Amazon. Oh, my gosh. And for the people who, who pick it up and then email me afterwards, I'm so glad I got it. You know, even though I don't, someone says I don't like horror movies, mm-hmm. but I loved your book. Oh, I don't like scary oh. stuff. But, oh, my God, it was great reading of all these celebrities, you know, who are in it. So, yeah, it's very satisfying. Do you know what it reminds me of? Tell me. Well, see, me and my little brother, we're, we're fairly close. Um, yeah. Every Saturday night when we were little, because we're not that yeah. much difference in age, he'd get his Incredible Hulk sleeping bag, and I'd get my Doritos sleeping bag. We'd lay in front of the TV and watch Sammy Terry. And also Dr. Creep, which was uh, a local. I loved local it. Local horror host. Right? Oh, yeah. Dr. Creep was at, always at all my charity events. I loved the man. But yeah. when we were little, man, that was our thing. We Did loved he around? He died a while back. Oh. Yeah. Last time I saw him, he was coming to one of my charity events, and he couldn't walk even up the steps. Oh. But Rick Martin yeah. is a good friend of mine, and... Yeah, it was hard when he when he left the planet because he did some incredible stuff. Uh, in, the, in the New York area, we had Zachary, mm-hmm. and uh, 
he, he put out albums and he was famous <laughs> for something called Chiller Theater. And uh, that that actually begat uh, one of the most famous of the horror conventions, which <laughs> is called Chiller Theater. It held in New Jersey every year. Um, and it's kind of in, in the memory of this guy, Zachary. But there's still horror, horror hosts out there and I support them all. I mean, they're they're showing monster movies that, you know, the world has forgotten and hopefully mm-hmm. new generations will discover. Um, and I, I, I grew up um, watching Chiller Theater and also the Million Dollar Movie, which was a, a local channel, which would show the same movie every night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> and my mom sat me down. I'll, I'm going to leave you. I'm, I'm going to tell you the story because it means so much to me. My mom loved the monster movies and she had seen probably Dracula and Frankenstein in the theaters. And she said, we're going to watch, you know, the next time there's a monster movie. And in those days, mm-hmm. you know, you could not stream anything you want. You, there was no Netflix. There yeah. was no, I'll tell you how far back there was no DVDs. There was no VHS. <laughs> you couldn't watch anything unless it happened to be on. And the Million Dollar Movie was usually Mutiny on the Bounty. It was uh, From Here to Eternity. It was uh, Gone with the Wind. Well, on this particular night, on this Monday night, it was Son of Frankenstein. <laughs> and it was in the summer, so I wasn't in school. And I pro- you know what? I probably wasn't in school anyway. I was probably about four years old. And she goes, oh, you want to watch the monster movie? Go, yeah, I want to watch the monster movie. <laughs> and then the music started. And I, and I said, Mommy, I want to go to bed. I don't want to. I'm scared. And I never went to bed. Oh. I would stay up. So then I was really, really scared. And she said, Oh, no, no, no. You watch. I go, No, 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 no. I won't. Well, not to realize that Tuesday night, the same movie was on <laughs> because it was a million dollar movie every night. So she gets warm milk. She gets the cozy, comfy uh, blanket. Mm-hmm. She does up Jiffy Pop. She brainwashed. She, we're going to watch it. Well, I kind of watched it. With my eyes closed and my hands over my eyes. Oh. Wednesday, Wednesday, same movie, and I'm watching it now between my fingers. I'm actually peeking at it and watching it. On Thursday, I watch the whole thing, and I can't sleep Thursday night. Why? Not not scared, because I can't wait till Friday to see it again. That's and Bride of Frankenstein was my introduction to, to loving monster movies, thanks to my mom. And then it was a case of picking up the TV guide, and mm-hmm. I would, and, and she would read me which movies were in there because I probably didn't read yet, and I would circle the ones that I would want to see, and we'd watch them Aww. together. And and I, I fell in love with monster movies, uh, and I, and to this day, I mean, I bring my kids to every one that comes out as they come out. That's great. I love yeah. I love memories like that. Well, your book yeah. just opened up all my fun memories with my brothers. They it really did. Both of my brothers. It was just, I don't know. You're a wonderful light, and I really enjoyed talking to you, Charles. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. My honor. I hope we can do this, you know, uh, a few times a year because I'll yeah. I'll have new projects and new stories and new exciting uh, things to tell you and, and, and always the same energy. <laughs> oh, I would love to have you back on. You just let yeah. me know when you're ready. And as soon as your new book is out, I'll have you back on because I know you have more experiences to talk about. So I do. I there's do. never a dull moment with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I, you know what? It was so such a pleasure meeting you at the convention, and I appreciate you following up and yes. actually doing this interview. And if fans want to, you know, check out uh, listeners if they want to hear about the Dracula tours. It's simple. It's www.dractours.com. D r a c t o u r s. And for the for the tours of terror, the ghost tours, 
It's uh, www.toursofterror.com. And that and, would be all in my notes for you. Yeah. So. And of course, book of top 10 com. So all three are the great ways to reach me. Wonderful. And the, all the information will also be on DD Moonflyer's Facebook page. Excellent. And it will also be on my Instagram and all my other great social media stuff. Woohoo. I can't wait I, to share the link when it's ready. Not a problem. And I can't wait to talk to you again. And hopefully I'll see you in person sometime soon. Oh, my gosh. I would love that so much. Thank you so much for the time and for being so supportive and for loving my book. That's the best part of all for me. (laughs) Yes. I recommend it to everyone. Thank you. You have a great holiday. You and your family have a great Yule or Christmas. Or Hanukkah. You too. And happy New Year. You too. Have a good night. Good night.